Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. I am sitting in Studio A, and I have a very exciting special guest with me. I know you guys have heard, if you were listening over the past couple weeks, that uh, we have a very special guest from High Avel, Mr. Luke Hilton in Studio A. Hey, Luke, how are you? Good. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm going to let Luke introduce himself and tell us his backstory and a couple things like that, and we're going to get into it. But uh, you guys know that he is from Hyavel, which you guys can go to hyavel.com, and you can check out the ministry. You can donate to the ministry. You can sign up to become a volunteer for the ministry, which if you don't know who Hyavel is, I don't know if you've been under a rock. If you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, then you should know who it is, and especially if you come to Bait to Heal the Congregation. But uh, Luke... How did you get involved with going to Israel and Hyavel? How how did this happen? I mean, did you just like wake up one day and decide like I want to go cut some grapes or I mean what happened? So when I was 16 years old, um my family had known the Waller family who started Hyavel and uh, Tommy Waller's my father-in-law today. Uh but when I was 16, their family came through our town and basically extended the invitation to us. Was this like a circus? Like they came through? Well, they did travel on a big red bus. (laughs) That's right. uh, We're thinking about putting it in a a museum today, but um, haven't done that yet. Big red bus, like a 1980s school bus that like apple red with yellow letters that said Israel, the apple of God's eye on the side. So you couldn't miss them. And they parked right in our front yard. We lived in Virginia. Um, But they gave us the invitation come to Israel with us. And this was really when the ministry was just getting off the ground. They didn't have a lot of volunteers every year. And my sister, uh, who's three years older than me, decided to go with them for three months. She just uh, picked up, went with them, took off. And short time later, my mom came to me and said, hey, would you like to go to Israel? And I was like, well, sure, because I'd never really been anywhere. And as a 16-year-old, grew up in a strong Christian home, but I'd never really gone places, and I was just thinking, well, this will be a blast. You know, this will be an adventure. I'm going to go halfway across the world. Um, it also happens to be significant. It's like the Bible, you know, the Holy Land, everything. So I was like, absolutely, you know, be great to go. So we go to take off, and um, the night before we leave, Braden Waller calls my mom, and he says, okay, you know, we're looking forward to you guys getting here. Um, by the way, there's just a couple things you should know. When you come through border control, don't say the word West Bank. And my mom's like, West Bank, like, why? And he's like, well, that's, you know, that's where we work. And she's like, oh, okay. No, I didn't know that, actually. Um, so we, now, to me, as a 16-year-old, I didn't know what the West So you're Bank coming was. through customs slash border control, and you just, you can't tell them what you're actually there to do. No, I mean, because really, you're just going as a tourist. And right. that was a long time ago today. We were working with the Ministry of Interior in Israel, have our volunteer visas and everything it's all done got it, got through it. the government of israel but back then it's like you just go in as a tourist and uh that's that so um but we, you know back then i didn't even know what the west bank was i didn't know what israel was really yeah but on the I get on the plane it's a 12-hour plane ride and my mom gives me a magazine that's called israel 101 so i got like the crash course on the plane ride over um i read about 1948 and 1967 and 1973 and I realized that a lot of the world was uh, in controversy over that little piece of land, but um, we landed in Israel, spent three and a half weeks there. It was my first introduction to pretty much uh, anything 
Jewish. Uh, my family had started getting interested in Shabbat um, before that, but um, we got introduced to a little bit of the feasts and things like that, but literally just touched the land for that first time, and um, I had an opportunity to go back the next year, and I went back with my sister when I was 17, and it was really probably the second trip that I really started experiencing the land in a big way, and I realized that, you know, I was standing in Elon Murray, where Abraham stood in Genesis 12, and he looked out over the land, and God said, I'll bless those that bless you, and curse those that curse you, and you all families of the earth shall be blessed, and I'm standing right there, and the Bible's like happening right in front of me, and we're staying on the Mount of Blessing, where six tribes stood, and six tribes stood on the Mount of Cursing opposite the valley of us, and you know, Joshua read the blessings and the curses, and all the people said, we, you know, we agree to the the words of this covenant, like that's all right there. Um, and just realize I was in the biblical heartland of Israel. Wow, the yeah. world calls it the West Bank, but it's the biblical heartland of Israel where 85% of our Bible. So if I were to tell my audience to call it something else, so that when they refer to the quote-unquote West Bank, because when you hear West Bank and you're you know, a supporter of Israel and you're a supporter of the people in that area, what should they be calling it? Yeah, so um, I try to avoid using the term West Bank unless I'm actually you know, educating people sure. about the place. Um, because that's what the world calls it, but it's actually a very incorrect term, and you can look up the history of it, but the West Bank of Israel would actually be the West Bank of the Jordan River, which would include Tel Aviv. So it's very incorrect. Um, that's what Jordan called it when they occupied it after 1948, um, which they were the only country to ever try to like maintain control of it, and it was actually kind of, they were illegally being there. They tried to annex it, and nobody recognized it. Um, Proper term would be Judea and Samaria, actually Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, because the old city or East Jerusalem was part is part of that territory. Which that, really is no such thing as East Jerusalem, quote unquote. No, right? it's, it's just Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Yeah. But from 1948 to 1967, Jerusalem was divided right down the middle, and Israel only was able to be in, in one part of it. But they've regained it in 1967. So Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria—that is literally what most people call the West Bank. We also like to call it the biblical heartland because, like I mentioned, most of our Bible was written or took place there. And um, I'm not 100% on this, but I think it was your new governor here in Florida that actually called it the biblical heartland of Israel. And when I, because I heard this on the news, I was like, one of our U.S. politicians actually said biblical heartland. Yeah, that listen, blew me away. When because... it comes to Israel, Ron DeSantis is the man. That's oh, his name. So we amazing. are going to officially recognize Governor Ron DeSantis as an awesome supporter of Israel. Thank I've, you, Governor. I've never heard another U.S. politician say, heart, you know, biblical heartland. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, you'd be doing really good to get Judean Samaria, but it's always yeah, West he, Bank. He was in the news uh, recently because he just went over there on a trade trip, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's my understanding that uh, Florida, we are currently ranked 13th as far as our trade relationship with Israel. Uh, and that's, I think, country, all countries considered around the world that we are trading that amount with Israel. Um, and a lot wow. of that actually comes out of here. We're in Tampa Bay, for those of you guys around the world that don't know where we are, Tampa Bay. Um, and we actually here at our JCC have an incubator for technology companies and, and people from Tampa Bay go to this place to invest in tech companies in Israel or whatever, which is kind of cool. You know, Florida was also respons largely responsible for Airbnb reneging and actually going back on the whole bds thing they that they removed all their listening listings in judea and samaria oh yeah we got florida some was one of Airbnb. the big states that stood and actually i think you guys are probably the ones that made the difference yeah no absolutely. and that uh, caused airbnb to go back and said oh we'll think about it maybe we Yay! should think about this we're not going to lose the uh, third most populous state and the number one airbnb state in the u.s so way to go you guys you guys are uh 
making a difference. I appreciate that. That's cool. Anyways, I interrupted you to tell how, how great uh, Governor Ron DeSantis is. So you were, you were telling us that um, you made it to Israel. You ended up going to the quote-unquote West Bank, you know, Jerusalem, mm-hmm. Judea, and Samaria. And so that experience obviously had an impact on you based on what you do today, and I'm just making that assumption. But. Yep. <laughs> yeah, there's never been a year that I haven't been in Israel since then. Wow. Um, I started going back and forth. After a couple of years, it was twice a year, and then got to the point where I was just going every year, and I came so much, they finally gave me a job to do, and, uh, and then eventually got married. <laughs> just and, keep showing up. And so now I'm, I'm uh, there full-time, but um, yeah, it's just such a calling. I've never, you know, God doesn't exactly talk about farming in Tennessee or farming in the United States so much, but no, he, he talks doesn't. a lot about farming in Israel, and he talks a lot about the Jewish people coming back to their homes, the land coming back to life, and he actually talks about nations and people from the nations coming and being part of what's going on there. Yeah, no, that's awesome. You know, you talk about um, it being the biblical heartland of Israel and, and how, I think, what is it, you said 80-something percent yeah. of the stories in the Bible happen in this area or were written in this in, area. In there, yeah. And so, uh, you know, just a side note, I've got this... Um, I've seen pictures of Alain Marais. I've never had the pleasure of standing on Alain Marais, but I'm working on that. We're waiting for you. I know, I know you are. And uh, uh, I have this little this little thing that looks kind of like the platform in Alain Marais. It's got this little like a calf wall on my property when you pull into my driveway. And so me and the kids, when we take the trash out on Monday nights after Bible study, we stand there and we have this little like tradition where we look up at the stars and it's 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 just like oh, nice. peak. And so we look out over our property. We've got some acreage or whatever. And so we tell the story of Abraham. And so my kids can like now tell me the story. You know what I mean? But it's just nice. this cute little thing, you know? No, that's but, awesome. Um, that's one of the things I love to talk about to people is pass this on to the next generation. Oh, man. You know, teach your children to be connected to what our Messiah was connected to, which is Jerusalem, sure. you know, which is the land, you know, and it's all connected. And like I was saying, the people coming back, the land coming back to life, but God's from the very beginning intended the nations of the world to be a part of yeah. it. Yeah. And some, some reading, some recommended reading for you guys, as far as uh, Jerusalem being uh, an important place. Uh, I know that from a Christian perspective that you may have heard uh, one thing, one way or the other, but uh, I want to recommend a book by uh, Lars and Narsen called The Joy of the Whole Earth. Mm-hmm. And it is just a fantastic book. Um, we actually sell it in our marketplace. If you wanted to get it from us, you could, or you can go to um, REL. I think REL Publishing is the name of their their mm-hmm. company, uh, or I think you can get it on Amazon.com. Uh, but it's uh, The Joy of the Whole Earth. It's by Lars and Narsen. And again, if you have any doubt about whether or not God cares about Jerusalem today, uh, this book will will remove all of your doubts regarding that topic. But mm-hmm. anyways. No, that's, that's, that's awesome because uh, I really believe that God meant this story to be channeled through what started 4,000 years ago. You know, everybody's, for the most part, is familiar with Genesis 12, especially if you're in the Hebrew Roots Movement, Messianic, pro-Israel, Christian Zionist, whatever it is, everybody knows Genesis 12. Sure. But it really is the foundation, and I think it's a whole lot more than just bless Israel, you'll be blessed, curse Israel, you'll be cursed, which, you know, in some circles, some people may have gotten, seen that abused even, like, give us your money, you know, kind of thing. But it's so much more than that. I think the blessing that God started with Abraham 4,000 years ago was a channel, was really meant to be a channel for the rest of the world to become a part of the story. Because in the very, very beginning, he, God was thinking about the nations. No doubt. 2,000 years before Yeshua, he was thinking about the nations. He said, in you, all families of the earth shall be blessed. He had a chosen people. He had a special plan. 
He had the, the chosen land, but he also included the nations. And we see that all throughout the scripture. Oh, yeah. And the we see, and and we see that blessing yeah. passed to Isaac and then to Jacob, you know, whose name is changed to Israel, and then to the tribes. Yeah. And then when he blesses the tribes to Ephraim and Manasseh, I mean, it goes on and on and on. You can track it all the way through the scriptures, this blessing, you know, I right. mean, and it's like all the way to Yeshua. But I think it also has to be a choice for us. Oh, for sure. Are I we would going say, to engage in it? Or right. Are we not? And like right. I was talking about passing it to your children, I mean... Right. This is something I think we should be starting at a young age. Are, is our family going to walk in the blessing of Abraham? Oh, yeah. Is it something we're going to choose to walk in? Yeah. Um, is it something that we're going to choose to do every day? Um, something that, you know, I try to incorporate into our home is my children, even at two and three years old, know how to do the Shema, you know, and we face oh, yeah. Jerusalem, you know, right. in the mornings. It's like just that recognition of, and it's what our Messiah did, you know, it's what oh, our yeah. Messiah loved. He wept over Jerusalem. So I just think it's 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 really really important because it's a beautiful story sure. of redemption that God has and He's got His centerpiece. You know the 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 Torah is supposed to go forth as a light from Zion. That's right. But the rest of the nations are one day going to go up to Jerusalem. You know for the feasts for everything is because it's just the center point. It is it is for sure. And I mean think about it. Uh, we have Yeshua because of Abraham. You know Abraham is considered righteous because of his faith. We are not considered righteous for anything we've done. Mm-hmm. Except for having faith, yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a parallel story, and it is. And he has blessed the nations. I mean, and all the families have the opportunity to be blessed because of him. You know, whether they right. accept that that blessing or not. Um, so so continuing on. So you you made it. It's obviously had a big impact on you. You now have a job with mm-hmm. Hayavel. Yeah, going back and forth to Israel. Um, and, and serving the Jewish farmers. Why don't you tell me about Hayavel, Hayavel's mission, mm-hmm. um, and kind of, you know, how, what role you kind of play in there and, and all that. Yeah, so Hayavel is a Hebrew word, um, and my, my American accent doesn't do it very good justice, but Hayavel is, uh, means the jubilee, and it really, I think, is just looking for that ultimate jubilee one day with the full restoration of God's kingdom. But my father-in-law, Tommy Waller, went over to Israel for the first time 15 years ago, met a Jewish farmer, Orthodox farmer by the name of Nir Levi. Nir took him out to his vineyard, opened his Bible to Jeremiah 31, and read him verse 5, which said, you again plant vines, vineyards, on the mountains of Samaria. And he's standing in the mountains of Samaria at the edge of his vineyard. And this was really the beginning for Tommy and the beginning for the whole ministry because he realized that scripture after scripture and prophecy after prophecy was that was written 3,000 plus years ago is actually coming to life today. Sure. And there's so many, like Ezekiel 36, it says the mountains will blossom and bloom and shoot for their branches. There's um, scriptures that talk about the olive oil coming back, the wine coming back, um, the flowers coming back, the houses being rebuilt, you know, the ancient ruins being rebuilt. And there's all these things about Jewish people coming back, about the land coming back to life, and it all happened. There's even a scripture that says the Hebrew language would come back, and that happened. But then we move on. You guys just talked about that on your podcast just the other day. Wasn't it the 22 letters? Yeah. Right? I was just it's either the that. verse before or the verse after, because there's an, in Zephaniah something, it says, I will restore to them a pure language. I think it was like Zephaniah like 3. Verse, eight. Yeah, that sounds right. But yeah. it's I think it's the next verse right after that in the Hebrew has all 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. So it's just like that actually happened. But not only are all, all these things happening is there's many, many scriptures about the nations coming and being a part as well. And like after the ministry was founded, because Tommy, after meeting Nir Levi, this Orthodox Jewish farmer, he said, I want to help. Do you need help? And and Nir, in a, a, an extraordinary miracle that we probably don't have time to go into because we know there's a, 
a terrible history of persecution from the Christianity to Judaism. So for an Orthodox Jewish farmer to say, yes, you can help me was a miracle in itself. Oh, yeah. But he needed help. So Tommy brought his family. They started harvesting grapes. They started pruning vineyards. They started planting vineyards, moving rocks, pounding in stakes, you know, whatever Oof. it is needed to be done. Real work, like actual yeah, work. Yeah, pounding yeah. in posts and in <laughs> oh the, the uh, rocks there. I've, I've, I used to do it some. It's not the easiest job in the world, <laughs> but um, it's literally the only place in the world where you could pound in a T-post and be fulfilling prophecy. Oh, yeah. You know? Isn't That's that, amazing. It's just amazing. Um, but just realize that the scriptures also talk about the nations. You know, Isaiah 61 verse 5 says, Strangers shall stand and feed your flocks, and the sons of the foreigners shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. And I'd like to say that, you know, we found that verse and founded the ministry on it, but, you know, that verse found us after the ministry was founded. That's amazing. Um, and, you know, there's many other scriptures that talk about the nations coming um, and repenting for the past history. I was just looking up this morning. There's verses that talk about the wealth of the nations coming to Israel. There's verses that talk about the nations joining themselves to the Lord. Um, so all these verses talk about, and you know, even Zechariah in the end of days says the nations will go up to Jerusalem for the Feast of Tabernacles. Yeah. So we just realize that this is much bigger than Nir Levi, one Orthodox Jewish farmer, and it's much bigger than Tommy Waller, even though he has 11 children. And, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> and I'm married to one of the daughters today, but um, it's much bigger than that. So we opened the opportunity for the rest of the world to get involved. And since then, we've had 2,600 Christians from all, from 30 countries all over the world join us in Israel. And we have uh, an opportunity today for Christians and believers all over the world to come to Israel on a different kind of trip. You know, most Christians, they want to come and they come on a tour, which is nothing wrong with that. Um, a lot of people that join us come for a second or a third experience in Israel. But this is a different trip because it's an opportunity to serve. It's an opportunity to bless. People pay their own way and they bless Jewish farmers by serving during peak seasons, harvesting, pruning, planting, whatever needs doing. And at the same time, they're connecting to the land in a biblical way. They're fulfilling prophecy. Um, and, you know, most of us know there's a deep connection to be made through physical service. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know... Well, that's one of the things. I mean, we, we obviously have a weekly podcast on the Torah. And, I mean, you can say whatever you want. You can study as much as you want. You can believe whatever you want. But in, until you do, right? Mm -hmm. There's there's a there's the something action. that right that happens when you do, and I think uh, I'll I'll warn you guys. You guys are listening to this. Um, this excites me. It really gets me fired up. The idea of going to Israel and getting your hands dirty and 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 serving, but more than the idea, the people that go to Highvale. We've got a ton of people in our congregation that have gone to Highvale that have done this that have served the Jewish farmers over there, and gone and seen the sites. And it's just a different experience when you go on a tour versus when you go over there and you're fulfilling prophecy. And I can just tell you that the people come back and they're just not right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're just when you ask someone how their trip was and they say, you just gotta go. You yeah. You just have to go. I can't and you're like, even... well tell me about it. Yeah. And like you just have to go. You yeah. just have to go. So we try to equip people now when they leave. It's like don't just tell people they have to go. Give them some meat, you know, show them some yeah, yeah. But it is, it's a different experience. Um and our trips are really like two part service and we also do um, one part touring and education and meeting the people and seeing the sites. We focus on Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria because that's a, the places where a lot of people don't go sure. on a tour. And that's literally the biblical heartland. Uh, so we focus in those areas, but we want people to get a, an entire experience of not only... And the cool thing is where we serve, if you're harvesting grapes, it's either going to be on the Mount of Blessing, 
It's going to be in Shiloh, or Shiloh, where the tabernacle stood, or it's going to be in Psagot, which is overlooking Jerusalem, or it's going to be right outside Hebron. I mean, literally, you, it's you, even when you're working, you can't get away from the Bible right underneath your feet. When you're working in the vineyards of Shiloh, you can bend down, look on the ground, and pick up a piece of pottery from three or let's say 3,500 years ago, whatever it is, you know, from the times of the tabernacle. And that's not even a like, maybe like, no, you know, for sure that was a piece of pottery from the tabernacle being there. So even when you're working, you get that experience. But we also take time out and we tour and we take you into the Jewish people's homes and you meet them, you hear their (laughs) stories, you stand where Abraham stood, you stand where our Messiah stood, you stand where the, you know, see the tabernacle, you see where uh, Jacob had his dream. You know, it's just everywhere you go, you can't throw a rock without hitting yeah. something straight out of the Bible. Speaking of rocks, Pastor Nick was telling me, um, actually, this right here, this this jar, if I can reach it. So this jar is actually dirt from, uh, where is this from? This is from the mountains of Tekoa. Okay. So yeah. this is, I think that while they were out there, they stopped by uh, Rabbi Jeremy uh, Gimpel and Ari Bramowitz's farm. And uh, this is... Uh, which 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 is interesting about Tekoa is that's where the prophet Amos. Yeah, yeah, right? we were just talking yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah. So, um, any, anyway, so he he gets on the bus and he's looking for his youngest son Micah and he can't find Micah and Micah is actually like filling a water bottle, an empty water bottle with dirt from the mountains of Tekoa. You know, because he's like, I want to remember this. You know, I mean, it just changes people's lives when they go and they experience it. And yeah, you, you just reminded me of Psalms one hundred two, which literally says, the. Uh, well, Psalms 102.13, you will rise and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her. Yes, the set time has come for your servants. Take pleasure in her stones and show favor to her dust. So the nation shall fear the name of the Lord. Like, where else in the world is picking up rocks and pottery and, and getting your hands and feet in the soil? Where else in the world is that, like, what what God said, you know, would happen? And it's happening today. And it's literally a piece of prophecy that's that's happening right in front of our eyes, and we can be a part of it. No, I mean that's it. Well, I mean it's fascinating. Well, and it's one of those things where, like, it, if you're listening to this and you don't quite get it, go read Lars and Arson's book and then come back to me. There you go. You know, <laughs> or start or just wa- join us in Israel and or or, or watch the Joshua and Caleb report. Yeah. What is it? You said 35 episodes of the yep. Joshua and Caleb report. Yeah, 35 episodes, uh, and it's an easy one. Joshua and Caleb It's all right there. Yeah, easy, easy one to watch. Well, and I, and I'll tell you that it just gives you lots of info. And then, you know, if that doesn't do it for you, then yeah, I guess you're just gonna have to to go to Israel yourself. If you don't get it after that, it. then just come over and, and see it for yourself. And yeah, we'll let you decide. <laughs> exactly. Well, and I mean, how how much more? I mean, I think that that one of the things about the Hebrew roots and and getting into the Torah as a general idea is that you know once you start to get this other perspective on Scripture, that maybe this isn't just a how-to book on being successful in my life or three steps to mm-hmm. running a good business or you know to having good relationships or or whatever. All of those things are fantastic and they're great, and the Bible definitely talks about those things. But it also is a book of history and a book of prophecy. So then like you start to get these revelations and if all of it was just because we get to have a front row seat, then Dainu, but the idea and Dainu meaning it would have been enough. enough. Yeah. Yeah. But the idea that maybe we could possibly participate 
and be yeah. a part of the pages. I mean, that's... I think it's actually Jeremy Compelled that uh, likes to say, you know, you thought you had a front row seat. You're not in the audience anymore. You're yeah. on the stage. Like, you're participating yeah. in what's happening. Like, if the Bible was being written today, we would all be in it because it's, ha- like, literally, it's all coming to pass right in front of our eyes. Like, what other generation has seen Israel established as a nation, as their language being restored, um, as mirac- miracle after miracle happening in the land of Israel. And what, literally in my lifetime, and I'm a young guy, you know, yeah. literally in my lifetime, I have seen, I've seen miracles happen to where there was no such thing. Even when I first went to Israel 11 years ago, um, there was very little Jewish-Christian relations. Like, right. it was starting. Right. Um, when I first went, there was still just one farmer that the Wallers were working with to now it's like it, there's farmers we turn down because we don't have enough volunteers to help them. Um, but there's probably about 10 or 12 that we're helping today. And that's just in our world. Like it's exploding in other ministries and other organizations. There's Jewish organizations that are working with Christians. There's Christian organizations that are working with Jews. And it's ha- like, this is happening in the last 20 years, maybe 30 years. But, but like before that, there was no such thing. And again, it goes to the past 2000 years of horrible history. Jewish people would tell you, they never thought this would happen. Uh, yeah. Christians, you know, I don't think, except in maybe isolated instances, didn't really have an interest in working with the Jewish people 30 years ago. This is happening in our times. And it's well, just and that so in and of itself is a huge, huge uh, fulfillment of prophecy. I mean, the idea that Jews and non-Jews, people from the nations, will be working with the Jewish yeah. people. I mean, you, you already read Jeremiah 31, right? Yeah. Uh, well, you didn't read it, but you quoted it from memory. Jeremiah 31, it, the people who listen to this podcast have heard the whole thing read oh, the whole quoted, chapter, and, yeah. Oh, man, it's just... Okay, oh, can I read the rest of it? Oh, quick? please, please. Because there's... Um, you may already know this, too, but um, if you go on in Jeremiah 31, verse 5, it uh, says, You shall get plant vines on the mountains of Samaria. The planters shall plant and eat them as ordinary food. For there shall be a day when the watchman will cry on Mount Ephraim, Arise and let us go up to Zion to the Lord our God. Well, I'm pretty sure it was also the Jewish people that came to us and they said, Do you know what who the watchmen are? Mm, the Notzrim, right? And or, they said that's the Notzrim, which in Hebrew, the modern day word Notzrim is Christians. Yeah. Like they were like, That's you guys. So did that word exist back in that time in, in Jeremiah 30? What it, what was a Notzrim so back then? So it would have been a watchman. And back in Jeremiah's time, like someone that literally kept watch. But in our day, like the, the only, that's in modern Hebrew today, it's sure. the, what they would refer to in Israel. If they ask you, are you a, uh, what are those, hey, are you guys the note stream? Like that's who they're asking. So wow. literally, it, it's also like weird. And it just happens to be on Mount Ephraim, which is a whole just other happens story. happens to be there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we don't have time to get into all that. No, we but. don't, but that's awesome, you know. Um, and, and if you've been listening to the podcast for long enough, then you probably are catching that signal. But, um, I mean, it's, it's crazy. And I mean, you keep going through, so like one of the things about Beit Tehila congregation is that we dance Mm -hmm. and, and the, you know, you know, Hebrew folk dance, Davidic dance, you know, whatever people want to call it, Mm -hmm. dancing for the Lord period is, is a thing. And the dance is restored in Jeremiah 31. So there's a prophecy that the dance will be restored. So there's these things that come to pass. I mean, that, that they're planting vines in Samaria, Right, that they're the watchmen happen to be on Mount Ephraim. Yeah, I don't know if you know of any watchmen, Notzrim, that have been on Mount Ephraim or not. Maybe I don't know. Maybe (laughs) you know. And then uh, and then the dance is restored. And then oh, by the way, there's the new covenant um, in Jeremiah 31. And I mean, just all kinds of cool stuff in there. But 
So continuing on. So the current status of High Avail, a couple cool things. One thing I want to make sure that people hear uh, today on the podcast before you know we run out of time is that you guys have had a really exciting uh, matching donation thing come up that, yeah. that is mm-hmm. is pretty cool. I heard you guys talk about it on your podcast the other day. We also mentioned it on, on our Shabbat service. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want you to tell us what's going on and how people can help because mm-hmm. obviously people listening to the podcast probably aren't going to get on a plane tomorrow and head to Israel to High Avail. Right. But they may eventually, but what they can do right now to, to help out in kind of a current event. Yeah, so we've been in a, a um, kind of growing in the last year or two, and we've been really just waiting for what God has for us, and we've been putting together projects, and just to be ready for what God brings next. You know, we have these volunteer programs, we have events we do, and we're it's a yearly thing, but we're looking towards the future, and we're, you know, lots of visionaries in our organization, so yeah. lots of ideas, lots of... But we start putting them together. The biggest idea is something we call Greening Israel's Heartland, and um, it's literally a vision to reforest Judea and Samaria, oh, because wow. yeah, JNF, yeah. Jewish National Fund, has been planting trees all over Israel for probably 100 years, but they haven't been in Judea and Samaria for about 25 years. And um, so my brother-in-law... And, Nate, and probably for political reasons, because yeah, the West just, Bank... It's everything's yeah. harder inside Judea and Samaria. Sure. Uh, so they just weren't involved there. My brother-in-law, Nate, got a vision to start planting trees in Judea and Samaria. And so he started talking to people, and everything started falling into place. Literally landed a meeting with JNF, and it just so happened, if we believe in coincidences, that JNF sits down with sits down with their representatives and they said, Oh, by the way, we haven't planted in Judea and Samaria in twenty five years and just this year we decided to start planting there again. I mean that's a coincidence obviously. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. And they no relation said, by there. the way, we can <laughs> we can get all the trees we need. Um we have we're already working with the government, you know, we have all the permits and permissions. Um, even probably access to like land to plant trees on. They said, but you know, one thing we don't have is a labor force. Do you know of anybody uh, that might have a labor force? Just so happens that we have a labor force because we have hundreds of volunteers that come every year. So all that fell into place. So that's when we realized this is serious and we want to get this moving. So we put together all the budget, um, the equipment we need, the trailers and the water tankers and the truck and the heavy uh, earth equipment and everything like that. And just a month ago, we had a businessman um, from the United States that came, saw the projects, and uh, caught the vision just really after one meeting, sat down, caught the vision, saw it in Israel, and he totaled up all these proposals, and he said, you guys need a half a million dollars. I'll do half if you can match it. And we were just blown away because literally that's exponential growth for High Yeah, a little family organization. Um, and just in the last month, we've already matched almost 90,000 of that, which is total, total God thing. So oh, yeah, now we're just getting to the place of, of putting it out there for other people to get involved, of, uh, every, of, the, of investing in these projects to see trees planted again, to get the equipment that we need to get well, and, all these and, projects and the, off the, the ground. And the, the trees being planted in Israel in Judea and Samaria, I mean, that's prophecy fulfilled in and yeah. of itself. I mean, this, so that's another opportunity that's falling in your lap. I mean, look, half a million dollars is cool. Fulfilling prophecy is price. Another level. Yeah. And I mean, if you start following Highvel, you're going to see us opening up programs specifically to plant trees and people are going to be coming over. I mean, even if you're on a tour bus and your you, your group just happens to come out with Highvel, we're going to give you the opportunity to plant trees. Oh, even wow. if it's yeah. for 2 hours, you know. Next Beit Tehila tour bus that comes up, you guys are going to get to plant trees. Um so this is all, you know, it's all coming together and um, we're really just 
just along for the ride, you know, yeah, see what absolutely. God does next. But the opportunity is there for people to really make a difference, like right now. Yeah. It's for actual projects that we're getting going um, to. So everything that's given right now is going to be matched for this $250,000 donation. And um, it's just an amazing opportunity. So that's, I mean, if you're listening to this, the ball's in your court, right? So how often do you get an opportunity to give to fulfill prophecy, to be a participant and a player in that? And not only that, but whatever you give, you know that it's going to be matched by um, this generous donor um, that is is helping out with uh, with Highvel. That is going to be part of of this initiative that they're doing. And so you guys can go to highvel.com, correct? And yep. you guys can donate on the mm-hmm. website. Um, and I would encourage you guys uh, to do that uh, because I mean, if there's a worthwhile vision uh, to catch Highvel's, is obviously one of them. And so we 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 support them. We love them. We as a congregation have donated multiple times for multiple purposes for different projects and stuff, and not the least of which sending volunteers and raising money for those volunteers to pay their way and do all that stuff. Um, and so we, we're big supporters of it as well. And so we, we couldn't say enough to, to, it's a timely thing. This podcast is coming out for a reason. I would love for you guys to, to jump on board with that vision and, mm-hmm. and, and give to them because, um, I mean, they could, they can always use it. It takes money to, to, pay for gas, to pay for trees, to pay for, yeah, you know, for all sure. the equipment and stuff, the tractors, I mean, everything. I mean, and, and by the way, getting things in and out of Judea and Samaria is not easy, right? I mean, no, it's, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I would just say thank you um, to all you guys for getting involved. It literally does make a, an actual difference. And we also invite everyone to come over and see it for yourself. Um, but I would also, you know, love to hear from you guys too. And, um, just to give my contact, you can shoot me an email at Luke at com If you have any questions or want to let, let me know that you'd like to get involved in any way or would like any more information, uh, Luke at com reaches me directly. But, um, I'd also like to say too, I want to say thank you to Bait Tehillah because you guys are probably some of our biggest supporters. And we come down here, we feel like we're in a big family. So many volunteers have come to Israel. I know your tours always come by our campus, and it's just so encouraging. Uh, you guys are doing an amazing, amazing part. And just it's it's so encouraging to feel the vision that you guys have for the restoration of God's kingdom and what's oh, yeah. happening in Israel. So we want to say thank you to you guys. Yeah, too. no, no, please, absolutely. We it's obviously we we love it. That's why we we support it. <clears throat> so real quick, um, I think that if you haven't caught on yet uh, to what Hayavel is, then I think you need to go to their website. I think you need to watch some of their marketing videos and just kind of see uh, exactly what they're all about because you'll get kind of the basis of it. But essentially, they're serving the Jewish farmers in Judea and Samaria and seeing prophecy fulfilled. So it's a it's a big deal. <coughs> Excuse me. So uh, you guys also, because you're in the land, kind of have a corner on the market for knowing kind of what's going on in Israel and, and keeping up with stuff. So I know that uh, we're going to be having elections coming up is it mm-hmm. in September. Yeah, the, the, the elections again. <laughs> again, <laughs> right? We just had them in April, right? Yeah. So, um, but I mean, more than that, I mean, if you had to give me like the one or two things that from a political standpoint, from a, a, a on, boots on the ground, kind of just seeing what's going on over there, the important things that our listeners should just be aware of or know about, yeah. whether mm-hmm. it's the elections or not. Um, what will be those things that you would say that we should keep an eye out for and, and that are going on? Yeah, so um, if a lot of you guys probably know elections happened in Israel, and at the very last second, uh, the coalition did not come together for Bibi Netanyahu, which means the right-wing government did not come into place. Everybody thought it was a given, and Israel's going back to elections in September. So Israel's very much in an interim kind of period right now. Nobody really knows what's going to happen. 
So number one prayer would be to pray that the right-wing government stays strong, is elected again. Um, personally, I think that Bibi Netanyahu is the best one to lead the country. He's a very strong leader. Um, has proven himself. And not many people have stepped up that would be like a no, good I mean, alternative, No, I mean, not right? to say that we agree with everything that of Netanyahu course. says, but he's a very strong leader. And uh, yeah, like you said, we don't see anybody else right now. Um, a couple other big things is there's a lot of awesome things. We've never seen a U.S. president that's done so much oh, for yeah. Israel um, than President Trump. Again, not to say that we agree with everything yeah. President Trump right. has, but he's done some amazing things for Israel. And, and literally just in the last week, Israel has named a new town in the Golan Heights, Trump Heights. I know, I saw that. After his recognition. I thought it was a Golan joke at Heights. first, honestly. I thought it was like a Babylon Bee I or saw this a sign, satire. Like Ramat Trump, you know, yeah. and I was like, wow, that's, that's a huge one. And also just today... Uh, there's a city, uh, Petitikva is naming a square, Trump Square. So the, wow, Trump is has huge fans in Israel. That's no, sure. I can tell. I mean, come on. I mean, but, for good uh, reason at this point. A big thing that has been talked about ever since Trump was elected was is the deal of the century, right? Um, and that's right, right. The, this peace plan that's been so secretive, and that they've been pushing off, pushing off, pushing off. Now they're saying that the main part of it might not come out till November, since Israel's going back to elections. But they did release the economic portion of that peace plan. Um, day before yesterday, I think, if I'm correct. And it's literally, everybody's heard of the conference they're having in Bahrain. and and um, But it's something to pray about because um, Israel doesn't know what's going to happen. There's a lot of really concerned people in Judea and Samaria, and they're coming to us. They're yeah. saying, we need your help because we don't know if this peace plan is going to call for us to give up homes, yeah. to give up land, to it's destroy... It's already bad enough, the, the Israeli government doing things. Yeah, but to I mean, destroy settlements. Yeah. We just don't know. Obviously, Trump is a very pro-Israel... Um, president, but because he's done so much for Israel, the concern is that now he's going to ask for now Israel he's gonna leverage to that. give something yeah. up. So that's probably the biggest prayer point, is just to pray that a president stands strong, to pray that Israel stands strong against whatever plan. Obviously, the Palestinians have already rejected the plan, and they don't even know what it is yet, but um, they've rejected it, so that's yeah. So we're hoping that, we're hoping that Trump is only going to be a partial fulfillment of prophecy as Cyrus. There we go. Right? <laughs> because as Cyrus does all these great things, and then in the end, kind of yeah. Well, yeah, pray for this deal this century, you know, that literally Israel stands strong, that God's will is fulfilled there, that um, the right. land continues to prosper, to flourish, sure. the biblical heartland uh, stands strong, and the people there. there. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that is absolutely our prayer. Uh, we're, uh, we're, one last prophecy, you know, God says, and I don't remember the reference, that Israel would be planted in their land, and no longer would they be uprooted. Oh, right. It. So no, we absolutely. need to pray for that, to for complete fulfillment of that, too. Yeah. No, absolutely. So, and there's, you know, and there's, there's, I mean, so much more. You and I could probably talk forever. Uh, we I mean, can keep going. <laughs> it's too good. I don't know if you guys realize this, but Luke and I sat here for like an hour and a half before we even started recording, talking about all kinds of random stuff. So I can tell you that, um, you know, there's there's just awesome, fantastic things uh, going on in Land of Israel. I even think we have one more, maybe. That's right. Is Amos nine fifteen? Pastor Nick just handed it to me. I will plant them upon their land, and they shall no more be pulled up out of their land, which I have given them says the Lord thy God. So. You know, and what's cool is is Amos is speaking from Tekoa, and he's also a correspondent prophet to, was it the Northern Kingdom? Good old Amos. Yeah, good old Amos. Pastor Nick just dropped in on us, so we get to say hi to him. But um, awesome. Uh, if you ha- Do you have any last thoughts before we close out? Or No, I would thank you guys so much for having me on. It's just such a blessing to be here at Beijing. You guys are doing amazing things for Israel and God's kingdom. We say thank you for that. And also just the invitation is there. Join us in Israel. Um you know, get involved with what we're doing. Uh, our website is serveisrael.com is a short link. You're saying highval.com. Sure. Easy way to get there, serveisrael.com. Oh, Connect perfect. with us. If you're in Israel, come visit us. 
Were you I'm the one like that thought of that? Tequila does, Mr. Martin. Every time. Yeah, I'm working on it. Yeah, <laughs> but awesome. Well, listen, man. Thank you so much for being here. You're a blessing. Just your presence here is a blessing. Um, we appreciate all the the insight that you have and. Uh, we appreciate what Hayavel does for the Jewish people. You know, for us, uh, you know, Jewish and Christian relations is important to us. Working together with the Jewish people, seeing the restoration and the regathering of the whole house of Israel, Jews and non-Jews together, um, is the vision of, of Beit Tehila. And it, and it, without that and without the work that you guys are doing, just the, I mean, I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt that some of the connections and relationships that we have with people in Israel and Jewish people out there wouldn't even be possible without the work that you guys are doing, improving Jewish-Christian relations by just, you know, putting an olive branch, a loving hand, and serving without any expectation of anything in return, without the expectation or, 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 or anything, you know, else besides, hey, we just want to love you, we just want to serve you, we just want to be kind to you, period. And I think that everybody else has some expectation mm-hmm. uh, that comes along with it. And everybody's waiting for that other shoe to drop. Like, uh, when is this, you know, kind of like the Martin yeah. Luther thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, we appreciate the good stewards you guys are of that relationship. And we're right there with you. We support you guys because that's our vision as well. We want to see all of this, you know, Amen. we want to see the restoration. We want to see Messiah come. That's what we want. We want to see all this stuff, cool stuff happen. We see these prophecies fulfilled so we can get to the big, big stuff. That's I mean, right. This is big stuff, but it's only big it stuff because it's gets bigger right exactly right. right so uh you guys thanks for listening uh what an awesome awesome time we've had here today uh if you guys want to reach out to luke you guys can reach him like he said at luke at hyovel.com that's h-a-y-o-v-e-l.com you can go to their website and give on their website you can sign up you can watch videos you go to joshua and caleb.com and you can see mm-hmm. the joshua and caleb report uh, they have a podcast that you can find on SoundCloud and on iTunes called The Heartland Connection. The Heartland Connection, yep, yeah. The Heartland Connection, which I listen to. And if you guys hear me talk about stuff from Israel, there's a good chance that I may have stolen it from their podcast. Um, it's all good. Yeah. Uh, hey, I got to get it from somewhere, right? I mean, That's right. So these guys are you know, in the land uh, a good amount of, uh, of the year, and so they have some great insights. And so I recommend you guys listen to their podcast as well um and and all that i can't say enough good things so uh as you guys know we love you guys uh if you guys want to reach out to us you can reach me at ryan at two praise.net that's ryan at two praise.net you can reach the office at 813-654-2222 and you can live stream our services every saturday uh, on to praise.net or any of our social media platforms facebook instagram youtube etc uh awesome guys thanks for listening we love you bless you have a great week